Welcome to the Good Life Podcast. My name is Ben Swicegood. I'm currently a real estate agent and breakthrough coach in Richmond, Virginia. However, in the early 2000s, I was living out of my car, feeling hopeless and struggling with addiction. What I learned in the years it took me to overcome those challenges stirred up a passion in me to help others overcome challenges and move forward. So thanks for stopping by and welcome to The Good Life. A quote from Zig Ziglar, people don't buy for logical reasons, they buy for emotional reasons. And another way to say it that I read, I'm not sure who, who this quote is from, but people buy with emotion and then justify with logic. It's very important to understand that principle for yourself and for your clients. People buy with emotions. And then they go home and think about it and justify the price, the benefits, the features, the square footage, the acreage, the amount of bedrooms, the space with logic. So what do we need to do? We need to tap into the what? Emotions. You can list features all day long. Until you tap into the benefits, the, the emotion of a person, you can't move them to make a decision. We like to think that we're uh, logical people that sometimes make decisions emotionally. But actually the opposite is true. We're emotional people that sometimes make logical decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Perfect example, buying a Tesla. <laughs> I got your insurance for you whenever you're ready. Listen, that was not a logical decision, right? But I could justify it if you give me enough time, right? I could try to justify the decision, but really it was an emotional one. Because if I give you the logical, like, well, there's no gas, um, there's no engine, there's no transmission, it's better for the environment, um, you know, I can give you all these logical things. Well, then I should just bought a Toyota Prius or something, right? <laughs> and called it a day, right? Yeah. I bought it for the emotion. I bought that car for the feeling I get when I drive. And you can't put a price on that. Let me tell you. you just can't put a price on it. You just can't put a price on it. I told the story before. I used to drive my Sonata. I'm a little Sonata. Which is still a great car. Yes, thank you. Don't down it. That's right. No, it's a great car. But I pictured myself. I envisioned myself. I felt, felt the steering wheel of the Tesla. Because I wanted to tap into the emotion it would take to get me to the Tesla. Right? And so I imagined driving down the road, ripping it and going fast and listening to some good EDM music. You know, just getting pumped up, right? Now you know what one of my favorite things to do? Drive the Tesla, listen to EDM music. Isn't that interesting? I tapped into the emotion that it would take to get me to the goal. Anyway, that's another story. I don't want to start preaching. But we like to think that we're logical people, but we're really emotional people. And so are our clients, right? Let me give you an easier example to digest versus the Tesla. Have you ever gone to the grocery store and you're walking down the aisle and you see name brands that look very familiar, and then you see some store brands 
Yeah. Which one do you normally buy? Name brand. Raise your hand if you buy name brand. Dr. Thunder. Be honest, most of the time. What about store brand? Some buy store brand. Most, majority will buy name brand. Why is that? Is it because it's better? Okay, let's just say it's the exact same ingredients. Let's say it tastes the same. Majority of people, statistically speaking, will still buy name brand because there's an emotion tied to the name brand, the commercial, the movie, the comfort, the emotion you get from buying Tony the Tiger, from buying whatever it is, right? Because you've seen the commercials, you've seen the movies. And you're emotionally tied to that brand, which is a marketing thing of why if you want to be good at marketing, you've got to pull on emotional strings, right? But the emotion we're attached to, we buy the name brand, even if the store brand is the same. Now, let's flip it. Say you got a prescription for Benastoxinolabella, whatever, some word you can't even pronounce, right? This is your prescription that's going to make you feel better. It's going to solve your problem that you're experiencing. And you go up to the little counter and you give them your prescription and they say this. Would you like the generic? It's $20 less. Yep. What do you say? Yes. Yep. yep. Never not. <laughs> right? Now, that's the opposite of the other example. But you're not emotionally attached to the benzyl, pala, pala, whatever. Right? So you don't care. So you make a logical decision. Isn't that interesting? But in buying something that you have an emotional attachment to, you make an emotional decision versus a logical decision and pay more money for the same thing. Interesting. So in real estate, our clients are trusting us to help them make the right decision. Name brand. Right? And a lot of emotions are at, are at work in buying and selling homes, right? It's our job to help them make a good decision with logic, right? We, we, we're supposed to be advising them on this is a good house. They're trusting us. Is this a good price? What should we offer? Can you help me sell my house? You know, can we move to Texas if we sell? You know, all these things, they're trusting us. But they're emotional people, so we're dealing with people's emotion to help them with logic. And so that becomes the challenge. So Saturday I got a call, a Zillow call. I want to go see two houses. Ask a little bit about their situation, get to know them briefly. He's like, I just want to go see the houses. It's a good fit for us. You know, we want to go see them. Just started looking. I asked the question, are you working with a lender, realtor, or anyone else in the industry, which you should always ask before you go. And they said, I just got pre-approved. I know a realtor, but I'm not really working with them. You seem like a pretty nice guy. We just want to go see the houses. Just get me in the door. Okay, well, right. I take them to the first house. Not a good fit, but I'm building rapport. We're there about 30 minutes. We're talking, getting to know each other. I'm getting to know their situation. We go to the second house. We're there like an hour. While we're at the second house, an argument starts up between the husband and the wife. Isn't this fun, right? I just met these people an hour ago, and now they're arguing in a house. So what do you do, right? So it starts in the kitchen, and she's stating a firm fact of this kitchen doesn't work. It's not big enough. And he's like, oh, it's fine. No, we'll put an island right here, attach this. That'll be fine. And she will not let it go. And he's like, I heard you. Six times you've said it now. I heard you. I'm just like, oh, I'm looking at the walls. Check What do you do? So then we go to another room. There's two rooms. It's like a 1930s cottage type, you know, a row house almost where it just goes back. There's two little rooms when you walk in with a big, huge brick fireplace 
right in the middle of it that they've covered with sheetrock but up in the attic you can see it's still brick so there's a fireplace in between two little rooms and she wants a living room and a playroom i get that because we've moved the playroom like three times in our house so i can relate to what she wants and what her needs are and her emotion will state at the time well he's just like it's no big deal make that playroom or this playroom whatever it's a living room and she's like, no, but they, they're not going to want to be separated. They have a two-year-old son. He's not going to want to be separated and have his own room down the hall. We need to have it combined, but yet separate. And he's just like, you're, what you're saying, it doesn't make any sense. Here's the two rooms. You said you need two rooms. We got two rooms. And so now I'm in the room. They're at the doorway. I got nowhere to go. And here the argument starts again. I can't escape. I'm, I'm once again, I'm looking at the walls. I'm like trying to buy time. It's not stopping. Finally, I got to intervene, right? I gotta say something. So I'm like, hey! I didn't do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, let me just suggest something. Because as I'm walking around looking, I said, I don't want to take sides, but I'm trying to mediate here and let's figure, let's figure this out. As y'all are talking, I'm looking at this wall. I see this fireplace and I see two walls on each side of the fireplace. What if we could make a little nice archway, open these little things up, make like little entrances into the next room? You got two rooms and you can get through. She goes, hmm, I like that idea. That could work. Then we go back to the kitchen. What if we take this wall, because there's a porch that comes around right by the kitchen, it's a little extension. What if we could just push this kitchen out in the future? You know, we need to get a quote and see how much it would cost. But it's already got a roof. Just push it out a little bit, give you a little bit bigger kitchen. How would that, how would that make you feel? That's a good idea. I like that. So all of a sudden, her emotions, they were at bay where she was like upset, going into defense mode, arguing, yelling, turned into a calming emotion where, the, where she then could make a logical decision. And so they got home and they decided they want to put an offer on the house. We put an offer the next day and it got ratified yesterday. Yay! Two days. So it's doing, it's adapting, it's understanding people's emotions and guiding them into making a logical decision, right? That's just one example. There was a study... I forget his name, um, years and years ago that a lot of people quote, where he, there was a patient that had got a brain injury and lost the side of his brain that has emotions. So all he had was rational, logical intellect, right? So they did a study and gave him all these scenarios to make a decision. He could not make a decision. Wow. He could debate it back and forth, give you the features, the pros and cons, give you the, the intellect part. He could not make a decision without that side of the brain. We have to have emotions to make a decision because we have years of experience. If I was to make a loud noise like that clap earlier, it would give a little bit of a fear of emotion. Even though you know nothing's going to happen to you logically, you're in a safe place. But emotionally, it's fear of flight, right? It's the emotions. And so we use this to tap into clients and ourselves. I use the emotion to, to push me into getting into the position I'm in. But we use the emotion for buying and selling houses. Easy example is you're listing a house or you're doing an open house, even easier. I used to do open houses a lot. The first year I did one every Sunday for a year, I maybe missed two. I probably did 50 open houses my first year. It was the only way I could have a storefront where people would come to me and I could try to sell them real estate, right? And it didn't cost me anything except a few supplies. I had my kit. I'd get there an hour early with my kit. And my kit had toilet paper, air freshener, Glade plug-in, clipboard with my pamphlets and my fill-in sheet, pens, paper, open house signs, balloons. That wasn't in the kit, but you know what I'm saying. 
um, some other little random things. So when I would get to the house an hour early, first thing I do is I'm checking the curb appeal. Can I do a little sweep? Can I, can I move the rug a little bit? Can I straighten things up? Can I make the entrance look a little better? Then I'm looking at the, how it looks when you first walk in. Do I need to turn all the lights on? Of course. Do you need to open up the windows? Of course. How does it smell? I'm going to throw that Glade plug-in in the hall. So it's going to smell good. How does it sound? I brought my Bluetooth speaker. That was the other thing. I brought my little Bose Bluetooth speaker with some jazz, because that's non-confrontational. Mm-hmm. Some jazz music playing. Right? And the thermostat. Is it hot? Is it cold? You bring some cookies. I was going to say. Right? Yeah, the smell and the taste. You bring some cookies. Yes, if you smell them. Right? It totally works because people come in, when all those things are in check, it puts them in the right emotional state to make a logical decision. The opposite is true. If you go to a house and the door's all jacked up, the railing's falling off, and you get into the house and it has all the features you need, the size, the square footage, the bedrooms, the bathrooms, all that stuff's there. But it stinks. It doesn't look good when you walk in. You ain't buying that house. Right? Because we're emotional buyers. And so understanding that people are emotional helps you help them make the right decision logically for them. But you got to tap into the emotion to finally get to the logic to close the deal. A lot of agents, maybe nobody in this room, or maybe some in this room, Let's be honest. Don't like prospecting. Yesterday I did a video on Facebook Live why I love prospecting. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. But most people don't like prospecting because it's uncomfortable and because they have an emotional problem with prospecting. And the emotion overrides the logic. Logically, you know, if you're in this business, you got to talk to people if you want to make any money. Does everybody understand that? Yes. I mean, there's no getting around it. You will not make money in this business if you don't talk to people in person, on the phone, or through social media. You will not. You have to talk to people. If you don't want to talk to people, you probably should look for another career. I mean, that's just being real, right? You have to talk to people. But there's a fear, an emotional fear. I know I'm going really long. There's an, I'm sorry. I missed last week. I'm making up. There's an emotional fear to picking up the phone. There's an emotional fear to calling somebody you don't know. Once you get past the outer layer of the onion, as I said yesterday, it becomes real easy to peel it back. Once you just get through that first initial fear and just let it go and realize if you don't like being told no, then you better get used to saying no when your family asks you if they can go on vacation. You better get used to saying no when your family says, can we go out for dinner because I haven't had time to cook today. You better get used to saying no to some things you wanna do if you're not willing to be told no on the phone. Am I making sense? (laughs) Right? It's just being told no. I know it doesn't feel good. I know it hurts. I know it gets your panties in a bunch. I know it hurts your heart. But it's just being told no. You don't even know the person and you care about what they think. It's not a big deal. Prospecting is fun. It is. It's peeling back layers. It's deep diving into people's life. It's getting to know somebody on a personal level. It's what we were created to do. Maybe you'll make a new friend. Maybe you'll make a new friend. Maybe you'll close, maybe you'll make a new client. 
maybe that one conversation gets you $4,000 in two months, like Saturday for me. $4,000 to have a conversation? Worth it. I'm in. All day, every day. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in today. Hope y'all enjoyed this episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. And I would really appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcast. And if you know someone that could benefit from experiencing the good life, please share this episode and this podcast with them. Until next time, you'll have a great week. <laughs>